This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. This, this month of uh, April, I think, is really key in our calendar and our journey together as disciples, as we're growing, as we're learning. Um, as Sergio said this coming Friday, we're going to have an abbreviated time together here with some communion at the end. I think it's a good moment just to reflect on the beauty of what Christ did. And then we'll roll into Easter Sunday, but we're going to actually be here every single Sunday during the month of April. And I think you guys have heard the word, and if you haven't, Um, We are premiering a film um, called The God Man with Darren Wilson that will actually come out in theaters this summer. So we get to see it beforehand for free, but we need you to register RSVP. And as you tell others about it, I think it's a a great thing to maybe bring someone who's seeking or even a skeptic. Because that's who Darren was before he got into filmmaking. And he actually went out and started making these films because he didn't actually believe that Jesus was who he says he was and that he was doing these various things around the world. And so he saw quite the opposite in his adventures. And so you're going to see some of that. So please RSVP as soon as possible uh, for that event. And, um, and then we're going to have him back on the Sunday here with us in the harbor. And so I think that's going to be a, a really key time where we can hear from him. And then we're actually going to even have a Q&A as it results, as it, as it resounds around his life, like what, hey, talk to us a little bit about your journey. And so he's going to be here with us on Sunday. And really important, afterwards, we would love to hang out together with you. We're going to have a catered lunch at Pompano Park, and then we're going to have some fun afterwards and even do a little cleanup at the park and stuff just to bless our community and our city. So that you can RSVP as well. I think it'll, it'll be up on the screen for you, which is key so that we know how many people are going to be coming for that. All right. Let me just uh, pray into today. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your word. I ask that your grace would come and be with us as we peer in to this beautiful gospel once again. Lord, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Have any of you ever been um, in your journey with Jesus and opening your heart to him along the way where there's those moments that you just feel that like, God, I'm going to open my heart to you. And then he comes, and he shows up in your life and in your world, and you don't have a clue what he's actually doing. You're like, actually, maybe you even might feel a little more confused than you did on the front end, yet you opened your heart to him, trusted him, and when he came and did the things that he wanted to do and accomplish in your life, it was in some ways confusing. Anybody had an experience like that? Well, on the the Palm Sunday, this is exactly what is going down here. I want to just show you this verse. We're just going to, you know, bring context to what we're going to look at today. In John chapter 12, verse 12 and through 15, it says, The next day, with the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, swept through the city. And so because of this news, this large crowd, it was Passover season, so there was people from all different nations that were in visiting Jerusalem at the time. And so, so just like the snowbird season here in South Florida, the city had swelled. Um, have the snowbirds left yet? If not, please, Lord, send them. Send, no, we love the snowbirds, okay? We really do. We embrace the snowbirds. We have many that actually come here to the harbor when they're down here. It's amazing. But the city had swelled. 
And these ones that, that came, they took palm branches, verse 13 says, um, and went down to the road to meet him, and they shouted praise to God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail, and I want you to make note of this, to the king of Israel. I think a lot of times we have... Um, confusion and we don't understand what Jesus wants to do in our life, um, when we filter um, what he's up to through our expectations. This is, this is very important for us to know as we're growing as disciples that God wants us to align or at least open up our hearts through the community that we're a part of as, as we all, you know, speak into one another's life to, to align with the expectations of the Lord. And, and they were hailing this king of Israel. Now, they were opening up the gates of their city, but I don't know if they understood who exactly they were opening their hearts to and what he was wanting to bring to them. And this is, can be true for us today. What I think Sergio said was so poignant that we're on the other side of Hosanna, where we abide, and I think a lot of the misunderstanding keeps us stuck in one dimension. And so today, may there be clarity so that he can move us forward in what God has for our lives. Good majority of the time, we just don't get it, and Jesus does his best to help us along the way with his intentional actions. So we can look into the life of Jesus and there's clues there that will help us to understand and realign our expectations. We see this in verse 14. You may not have thought about this, but it says that Jesus found a young donkey. Now this, is, this, this may just be like, what is that all about? Like that, what does that even matter to the, to the whole equation? Well, it wasn't a white horse. Okay, It wasn't a white horse. So he was coming when he was coming. He was coming in a certain posture, lowly. There was humility. There was meekness in the moment. And he was riding on a, an instrument that, that wasn't as glorious and as glamorous as, as, as a king who's coming in to conquer probably would have been riding, right? And so you see some clue here in that. And then it says, as he did this, He's fulfilling the prophecy that's found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, um, where it says, uh, don't be afraid. Verse 15, we see this here. Don't be afraid. Everybody say afraid. This is a key word right here. Don't be afraid. People of Jerusalem, look, and here's where they're trying to give them proper perspective and align their expectations. Look, your king is coming Riding on a donkey's colt. So there's, there's, a, there's a mystery here, if we can see it, where fear can be broken off our lives when we align with the person of Jesus and what he is trying to do as he is intersecting us as humanity here in this moment as we're breathing breath on this planet. Because how many of you know this is, again, just a mind-blowing mystery. Um, we've... we've <laughs> We've been with the Lord, the Bible says, even before we are formed in our mother's womb. We know that we're going we're gonna to be with him after we take our last breath here on earth. So we view everything through time constituency. 
And, and we get confused in that because we, we can't make sense of like life and what this whole thing is about. And this is where these people were. And they were under a ton of fear in the moment. And the, and the question is, what were they afraid of? And the, the, the answer to that is they were afraid of losing their lives under this powerful political force of the Roman Empire. Now, maybe today you may not say, well, I don't have any fear of losing my life, but, but in essence, we all do. Maybe not our physical lives, maybe not where we're going to be, you know, taken out by some political force or, or, you know, be martyred for the gospel in America. That's, that's very rare, actually. Around the world, people are experiencing that all the time, other believers in different nations. But maybe we're afraid of losing the life that we want to hold on to. <laughs> Do you remember Jesus um, in Matthew 16? You'll have to study this on your own. I'll have these scriptures for you. But he said, if you truly want to follow me, if you want to go where I'm going, where I'm wanting to take you, the reason I'm, I've come to this earth, he says, you should, you should completely disown the life that you now have. Or in other words, the life that's actually a life that I never destined for you, that's apart from me. There's, there's, there's a key here that I want to bring you into. And he says, and you must be willing to take up your cross and, and experience it as, it, own, as, it, as, it, as your own, as you, as you follow me in these ways. My kingdom is completely different than the kingdom of this world. Do we understand? Like, there is something about Jesus and the way that he operates and the way that he brings change and transformation within nations that's completely different in the political space as good as politics can be or maybe can't be right depending on the levels of corruption and all these kinds of things there's a way that jesus functions and he says this he says if you lose your life for my sake you'll actually gain it don't be afraid and I'm asking God today that even as I communicate to you that, that fear would be breaking off, broken off all of our hearts and that we'd be able to enter in to the life that God has for us as we align with his, with his expectations of what he's up to here on the, on the earth. Why did they, they come in such droves to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem? You ever thought about that? Like, why? Okay. Well, it's it's revealed here, actually, in John twelve, where we where we were looking. Let's pick it up in verse nine. It says, "When they heard of Jesus's arrival, they flocked to see him." All right, but you got to catch this: they didn't just come to see Jesus. It says that they came to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus had raised from the dead. Isn't that interesting? So, yes, they were coming to see Jesus, but we don't, we don't know fully what percentage it was. But I would say it's a little higher than we might think. They might have wanted to see Lazarus even more than they wanted to see Jesus. Why was that? Because they had heard the stories of this one who had died, who had lost his life, and he didn't just lose his life. He had been in a grave for X number of days to the point where his own body, physical body, was decaying in that tomb. And somehow... He had been raised from the dead and now is hanging out with Jesus and is going to be walking into the city of Jerusalem. So I look at that and I go, 
wow, what was going on in the people at the time is they were being oppressed under this system. You know, fear was ruling their life. They were trying to self-preserve and save what they, what they had built and established in their own abilities and in their own effort. And Jesus is saying, hey, you got to lay that thing down. you got to lose your life so that you can actually find it. Let's get rid of that fear. They're thinking, if I can just see someone who's made it to the other side then maybe I can make it myself. I'm going to go find out, and I would love, maybe, Lazarus, come here. Can we sidebar over here? Can you tell me, like, what the heck that was like for you when you died? You, you, you went into the grave. Your body was corrupting. All of a sudden, you come out of that grave, and here you are walking into Jerusalem. Come on, we have all been in moments where we are disillusioned, and I'd say to say, that, say it lightly, of our own experiences, and maybe more than even looking for Jesus, we're just looking for somebody else who's gone through the same thing and try to see, hey, what was it? Is it possible? Can I, am I going to make it? You know, this is all of our lives at d- different seasons, and I think there's that question, am I going to make it through this thing? But here's the thing that we don't understand. In the gospel, in what Christ did on the cross and the invitation... That, that, that he's inviting us into, which is the reason he came to this planet in, in the first place, is that we were all, we are already dead. We were already dead before he came. Do you understand? This is important because we don't have to worry about losing our lives because we've already lost our lives. It's healthy to understand that before Jesus, we didn't have a life. Come on, do you remember those, those days when you, when you first came to know the Lord? I remember looking back at my own experience when I had this, this encounter with God. It changed my life and all these kind of things that, that began to change. And I, and I thought the things that I was doing that was so awesome was not awesome at all. I guess there's no other sinners in the house today that went through anything like this. Come on, you thought your life was awesome, and it was terrible. You were dead where you were. You have already died. But life, in in following after Jesus, we get to go the way of the cross, where we are buried into the waters of baptism, where we're raised out of death. And we no longer live, but it is Christ that lives in us. And then it doesn't stop there, because at the ascension, he invites us to come up higher. And he said, you're actually seated in this position of prominence, power, and authority now with me. So it doesn't matter, like, what forces may be at work in the earth. There's a positioning of authority in me that will remove all fear for you to be able to be a catalyst in the earth to bring change. The nation was looking for a political revolutionary messiah. Has things changed too much? I'm all about us occupying whatever space, including the political space. But I personally am not looking for a political Messiah to change my world. May they cooperate under the hand of God as the Lord uses them. But the focus of my attention is upon this one who is seated upon a throne right now. 
and my alignment with that victory and my positioning in the earth to do what I've been called to do. This is massively important. We have to give the disciples a little break here, you know, because, you know, they were confused. It, it says they, they, they just didn't understand what was going on. Um, but the ver- it's, if you go back and look at even the verses prior to Zechariah 9, uh, verse 9, look at verse, verse 8 with me. I don't want to digress here too much, but I want you to see this. He says, there's this promise of the Lord. I will guard my temple and protect it from invading armies. And I am watching closely to ensue that no more foreigners or press or overrun my people's land. So they're looking at this, and the king that's coming, they're thinking, man, we need someone in authority that's going to raise up this army that's going to drive out the Roman Empire, and then everything will be taken care of from there. But the problem is they couldn't see this Old Testament verse through a New Testament or New Covenant lens at the time. Look at John chapter 12, verse 16. I want to show you this to you. It's, it's super awesome. You can see the clarity here. Because they hadn't had Holy Spirit yet. There hadn't been the crucifixion of Jesus. There hadn't been his burial. There hasn't, hadn't been their resurrection. And there hasn't been, hadn't been the ascension by this time. And it says in verse 16 of chapter 12, he says, His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened, talking back to this this Passover time and when Jesus soon was going to be crucified upon the cross, what happened after, and realized that these things had had been written about him. So all of a sudden post-resurrection like oh my gosh like no wonder we were so under fear no wonder we were we were so you know trying to self if you look at the the life of the disciples i mean peter the the foundational apostle of the new testament church like he he was making all these promises lord i'm going to go with you i'll never leave you i'm going to be with you forever i'll give my life for you and he was the one that jesus said listen no no you're here's what's going to happen you're going to actually deny me three times because peter didn't he wasn't in it yet he was trying to save his own life and it wasn't until after these like oh my gosh i missed it now i can see so let's look at that um that verse zachariah 9 8 through a little different lens let's go back to that one I will guard my temple, and I will protect it from invading armies. How many of you know that the enemy comes to do harm? Do you understand? Like his primary intent is to do harm to our lives. But how many of you know that the temple here through a New Testament lens is not talking about some building or some structure in Jerusalem. It's talking about the collective body of Christ called the church on the earth. Now, do we experience harm and challenges at times? Of course we do. But at the end of the day, the gates of hell or these efforts to, to thwart our purposes, it says, cannot prevail against us. Do you understand? You have to grasp this. This is what Jesus promised. He said, listen, no matter what you walk through, no matter what you go through, even though there's harm intended for you, it's not going to stop the purposes of God that I've called you to walk in. It's very important for us to get this. 
And he says, and I'm watching closely to ensure that no more foreign oppressors, those outside of my family, overrun my people's land. Did you know that we've been given a land to steward? Do you understand that? Do you understand we've been positioned in the sovereignty of God to live here in South Florida for such a time as this? I need some help this morning. Come on, somebody. Do you understand that? I want us to be sobered by the fact that, man, we have been given a positioning in a particular part of the world that has significance in terms of its influence on other lands, other cities, maybe our nation. Who knows what it's all going to look like? I just went out this last week and spoke to about 25 pastors um, just south of Atlanta. And uh, it was amazing. But the most amazing thing to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, the life of God that's flowing here in this place these people were so drawn to it, like a moth drawn to a flame. And I was like, oh gosh, I, I think maybe I've, I've, I've taken just for granted what you're up to in our midst. Because when people experience life, they want it. And they were just like, it was just incredible. I was like, I wasn't thinking, oh wow, I'm doing an amazing job communicating here. I was thinking, wow Lord, you are doing something incredible in our midst in South Florida. When I told them of all the things happening down here and Church United and what he's doing in our church and, and all these kind of things, they were, they were just, they, they couldn't believe it. As the team comes back up, I wanna, I'm going to wrap this up. But I, I, we've got we to make this super practical. And there's got to be some measure of like, in my mind, like an activation or movement and this, because listen, like I want to qualify this. We can't, we can't take a step in a certain direction or yield our hearts with a yes to something that, that, that we're not feeling any grace on. But when God starts to breathe on his word and you start to feel like, oh my gosh, something's happening here. What Darren's saying, I don't even fully understand, but man, there's something going on in the inside of me. I'm going to invite you to take a step somewhere closer to Jesus and closer, closer to his purposes today. So I want to make this really practical. Because we have on this Palm Sunday, just like they did, the opportunity, maybe not to open up a city in the same way, but to open up the gates of our hearts. So that the King of Glory can come in and, and, and we can align with what he, who he is and what he came to give us. Because we can lose our way along the, the year, if you will, right? And forget, wow, God, this is who you are and this is what you came to give me. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. I don't, I don't think I have this scripture, but it's okay, but I just want to read it to you. It says, the Lord planted a garden. Everybody say garden. So there's a land, soil. He planted a garden, and then it says, what? That he placed there, within that space, the man, and you can include woman, in whom he created feel so sobered right now just and this is what I was reflecting on all week I'm like and I want more of it I want more of this sobriety and it's this where you God have positioned me and some of my friends in this moment 
is way bigger than we think. Way bigger. And who is sitting around you in this room that you may not even know? Maybe you never had the privilege to hear their story. God is going to be intentional to to connect us to one another and for us to be able to go deep and hear each other's journeys and really come into a place of intimacy with one another, not just sit in pews on Sundays. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There 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 is an intentionality and a focus that God is taking this thing somewhere and he wants us to be sobered by the reality of where God has placed us and who he has placed us with in this particular moment. You've heard this, the, 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 the saying that says familiarity breeds, breeds contempt. Listen, the church is not immune from that. A lot of times you can look at somebody, size them up and down, and you don't know their story. You don't know what they carry. You don't know what's on the inside of them. And there, trust me, as I've gotten to know so many people in this community, right here with the group that we have, we could make a massive impact on this, on this region. I'm telling you, straight up. I don't say that to hype you up or sensationalize anything, but throughout the years, God has brought significant, really dynamic, beautiful people to this house, and it just blows my mind all of the time. He never stops doing it. So because of that, and I'm wrapping up, and I'm, I'm going to call you to a challenge this morning, we must seek God for this understanding so that we can take hold of the responsibility. Is that a scary word for you? To be a guardian and steward of the place that God has put us in. At some point, there's got to be some movement in our hearts where we go, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility. I'm a guardian here. I'm a gatekeeper. In fact, go ahead. That's biblical. It says there's certain people that are going to open up gates to good things to come in and close others to keep other things out. And he's going to position you in spheres of influence to do that for his glory. And this, my friends, when this starts to happen is where we move from individualistic self-preservation to communal stewardship over the dream of God. Imagine the communal where the, there's there's the, there's confluence. There's the merging of streams. There's God bringing people together for such a time as this. It may be a Gideon army. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's purpose and intentionality in it. And we begin to dream the dreams of God, and we begin to hold them dear in our hearts, and we say, Lord, I'm going to do something with this sobered by where you've placed me even when I don't understand why why am I here why is why you have me in these circumstances why am I walking through this situation right now somehow there's faith to say God you are with me and this is where we begin to bloom where God has planted us because we are way better together here's what I want to do I want to close with five questions for you And I want you to take a screenshot of each of these as they're put up. And number one is this. At what level is your current capacity? Where are you at at the moment? Because this is an important question to ask because as you fit into the whole, we have to assess 
where we are in life. Does that make sense? You have to assess, like, where am I at? Where's my capacity? And where am I going to give my time? And to what am I going to give my time to? Listen, the devil will keep you religiously busy to wear you out and make you ineffective. I'm telling you right straight up right now. And that is religious garbage. We need to assess where is my capacity. And then in that capacity means what's the particular grace over my life? Where, do, where are my passions? Where do I burn? You know, and, and don't look down on somebody else's passions if they're different than yours because it's all a part of the puzzle. Do you understand? God doesn't want us just hanging out with people that get what we get. You know, I look, I look around in this room and I see different faces and, you know, I, I, I know their stories. I know what they're into and so many people wouldn't even get what they have or appreciate what they have, but God does. Because God puts those things on the inside. Because he's doing all this, and I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. He's doing all of this, this, this capacity assessment stuff because he wants to get things in order. And he puts things in order. Why? So he can build upon them. It's not that he just does it so we can go, oh, now my life is just, oh, I can just, no. He, he positions and puts things in order so he can build upon it. There's something he wants to build upon your life. You need to hear me. He wants to build something significantly and, and dynamically upon the foundation of your life where it's, again, not individualistic. I'm talking about us going somewhere together, but it's, it's to, to, to take us into tomorrow and the future. Next, number two, what's next for you? I've said this already a little bit, but where would the Father have you focus your assets with and where and, and with whom? You may not believe this, but you are a dangerous asset in the hands of the Lord. Just like Jesus was, like, you know, he came to bring disruption and, and life in the midst of chaos. You carry this same spirit and you are an asset in the hands of the Lord. And where are you going to focus your assets and with whom? To be honest, I'd rather have someone... You know, find whatever space that they're going to do that than just kind of sit around here. You know what I mean? Like, this is not where God is. God is taking the church somewhere, and we need to go, okay, where is it and with whom? Number three, this is massive. What is currently in your hands? Because we wait, 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 wait until we have all of the pieces of the puzzle before we begin to move. And the Lord's like, just take what's in your hands and begin to work with that. What you have in your hands is is part of the clue of what God has has given you to, to, to do for him. There's certain people in here that have relationships and connections that other people will never have or skills and abilities that are different than somebody else next to them. It's, it's, there's, there's significance to these things. Four, as we wrap up, this is a massive question. We got to start thinking about legacy. And my question for you is what will we leave as a legacy to our children's children? 
are we living for ourselves or do we have a if you look at like people that have really done something significant in this life there are people that saw three or four or five or ten or a hundred generations down the road and they made decisions in their lifetime before they gave up their last breath knowing that what these decisions would be would would produce maybe they would never experience but it would but, but it would be a blessing to many 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 generations after them we were joking at this pastor's retreat i was with a lot of like older some older pastors and they were talking about how uh it was funny this one guy he was uh talking about his life in ministry got saved in 1970 and there were like there was kind of like the word on the streets that the church would never lead, live to see anything past 1980 because Jesus was coming back And so he was talking about ministry as being like, you know, you're like a bull rider. You're riding this bull and stuff. And man, bulls are scary. Bulls are, have you guys ever seen these things on the rodeo? Like they'll flip you off. And so he was talking about kind of paralleling his life and ministry to that. And he was thinking, man, I don't know if I want to even be on this bull, but maybe I can make it to 1980. (laughs) Maybe, you know. If I could just hold on. And he said there was one point where he was hung up in the stirrups and he wasn't even on the saddle anymore. And he was just like, you know, I'll just be here. No, there's, that's not how we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to settle for that stuff. Because we're looking for something to come and rescue out of us out of the very thing that God's called us into to bring his glory, to bring his kingdom. Is Jesus coming back? Absolutely. Is there going to be a resurrection of, of bodies from the dead? Absolutely. But are we leaving legacy and last number five what steps or step are you going to take to partner with God and those he has called you to run with so that you can move with his help this thing forward I'm going to submit to you I feel very strongly that we are in a moment right now where the very questions I asked you are upon us And it's time for us to pay attention and go through these things and unite together as one to say, Lord, what have you called us to do? And begin, would you stand with me, to dream the dreams of God. As you stand, would you just close your eyes for just a minute? We're going to wrap this up. our eyes shut away just pondering what's been shared could we just go before the Lord and say God where are we at in knowing you and knowing what you've called us to do and with whom and where have our expectations gotten out of alignment And may we come to that place where the the apostles did, where they could see again. They could hear again. They could discern and decipher things through the lens of your heart and your spirit for this thing called the New Testament Bride of Christ. Lord, break fear off this morning. Break self-preservation off. Let us see that we were already dead, that we are now alive and we will live forevermore, that there should be no fear in death. 
God, may you even bring us ones like Lazarus that show us, hey, you can get to the other side. You're going to make it. In fact, I just say that over your hearts today. Whatever you're going through, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get to the other side because God is with you. And if he is with you, who or what can be against you? Even the things that have come to harm you, that have, that have you know, you felt deeply God has more in terms of his covering and protection over your life. Amen. Everybody look up here. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to dismiss us. But I'm going to ask that if you could just maybe before you go or when you get home, I want you to answer some of these questions and I want you to I want you to take a step forward. It may be the smallest step, but let's just respond to the word of the Lord, okay? God bless you guys. We'll see you next next Friday or this coming Friday for Good Friday. It's going to be an amazing time together. God bless you all and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.